The Cellar Dwellers may contain inappropriate content. Alright, who are we kidding? You and I both know these movies are pretty messed up. But isn't that what you're here for anyway, you filthy animals? Join us in the cellar and enjoy the show. back on our bullshit we are back yeah back on uh what are we calling it we're, we're on the on the train or the path through the town of cronenberg through the town of cronenberg the, the, welcome back to the cellar dwellers podcast we are in the middle of uh our our cronenberg rewatch series or part two yeah we're in part two of it uh, my name is colby my name is christian and we are really excited because it's not just the two of us today we got a bud We've got An a old friend. bud. We've known this guy for a while. His name's Charlie. Hi, Charlie. Hello. Welcome. Uh, we, we kind of, we specifically waited with this series knowing that we were going to hit you up specifically. Appreciate that. For it. Uh, we knew out of like anybody throughout the Cronenberg thing, if we're going to have a guest, it has to be you. Uh, and I had a feeling you were going to pick this movie, but I did give you the list of films we were covering, and you immediately were like, I'm doing this one, which is The Fly, by the way. Oh, yeah, we didn't even mention it. Uh, yeah. The Fly. Yeah, I, we mentioned it at the end of the last episode, True. but we are doing The Fly. But we're more interested in Charlie right now. We are, yeah. Before absolutely. we get into The Fly, which we all know is great, um, let's talk about what, what, I, what we always like to ask our guests is kind of how you got into maybe just the horror genre or Cronenberg um, or, or yeah. yeah, your background. Cause for us or for me personally, like it wasn't a part of my childhood. It was very much a late blooming part of me. So what, what about it for you? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not really even like a horror guy. True. Yeah. Uh, like most of the stuff y'all have talked about so far, I haven't seen or am not into, <laughs> but, uh, we're yeah. honored. Uh, I'm not, Cronenberg has always been like a big guy for me. Not really, probably, I don't know what that says about me. Um, but yeah, I think The Fly was probably the first of his that I saw, or the first that made a big enough impression that I was like, oh, who made this? Mm. Um, was it the first movie of his that you saw, you think? Uh, I think I'd probably seen something like uh, History of Violence. I th- yeah, I like think that was... When it came out. Yeah. I think History of Violence or Eastern Promises, one of yeah. those was probably my first. Yeah, I'm sure I saw one of his more mainstream ones in the theater of like oh word okay uh, we should say we did find out while we were watching this all together you've watched this every year for the last few years for yeah. the past 25 years you yeah, said, right? yeah right. every so single year three years old yeah <laughs> <laughs> no yeah i do watch this frequently at least once a year around halloween time even though as we were saying before it's not like spooky but do you think you'll have a double watch since you watched it now yeah probably claire claire will want to watch it yeah. yeah i mean fair enough I think it's that's worth a double watch. I mean, hell, I may movie, I may yeah. slap it on again. I've been curious about the sequel as well, so I've I've been maybe wanting to do a double feature. Yeah, I learned that there see. was a sequel that exists tonight. Yeah, there's a, a shitty sequel <laughs> to this movie that came out like a couple years. Nobody's after. related. No Cronenberg. Yeah, I believe. I mean, I think like straight up, they're just like, oops, Gina Davis dies in childbirth, and then the fly child is the Brundle fly. Oh, is, I believe, that's what it's about. I believe it's I following like the Brundle fly. Yeah, now I'm now I'm in, interested. Yeah, yeah. That's, I believe that's that, that's the case with that. But. We might have to do a follow up episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll fucking see. Um, so yeah, so uh, outside of Cronenberg and stuff, because he's definitely more on of the bigger directors, more on the De Palma e fringy side of things more gory more uh fleshy to say the least yeah i think he's also a guy like De Palma that started out more in like a schlocky yeah. sleazy area and moved more and more mainstream yeah, yeah he... absolutely matured yeah De Palma uh i think is a uh interesting crossover i'd been thinking about while we were watching these because they both started in horror and they're, then they're contemporaries drama. for sure yeah, yeah. yeah and then went drama which is funny because they uh, De Palma was, I guess, technically a part of like fucking Scorsese and Coppola and Spielberg. That's like a Roger Corman guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is wild. Interesting. And then what? Cronenberg's in Canada. 
And what's, it, what's interesting that I'd kind of forgotten in watching watching The Fly, this is basically just a monster movie. Oh, 100%. Like, it's fucking awesome. But with the 80s weird sex, you know, just Cronenberg-ness of yeah. it thrown in there for good measure. A lot and, of goo. Oh. A lot of white goo. Yeah, there's it's never specified throughout the movie, but there's a lot of goo. It's a lot of goo. Can't call it can't call it the other stuff because it's not, but it looks like it. It might be. It's close. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty close, unfortunately. I think I think the implication is there. I think that's safe to say. Well, I think too, like the monster movie thing, this is kind of like an inflection point where he <clears throat> uh Cronenberg starts adapting other stories as opposed to mm-hmm. writing his own well he did write this script but but he based yeah on yeah we should yeah we didn't mention this is an adaptation yeah this i mean this is a remake, a remake there, yeah. there is a, an original from the 50s um i don't know who actually turns into the fly but it also has vincent price in the movie uh it's have neither of you have seen it nope uh i've seen it once years back uh i recall it being fine like it's 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 cute it's a fifties. Is it the a, same like storyline? Kind not of. Not really. Okay. okay. Uh, it's. I mean, he transports, but like all the violence and stuff is not there. Right. Uh, the fly stuff is pretty much, if I remember correctly, mostly toward like the last half hour of the movie. It's mostly him just being like, "I'm gonna do something." Uh, gonna fly. Gonna fly. <laughs> yeah. Does he fly in that one? Uh, no. It's the same all situation. Right. We, yeah. Total rip. Bummer. Um, he. Uh, but if I remember correctly, though, like his lab is like in the basement of their like suburban cul-de-sac home, and like it takes place like in their backyard. Like it's 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 much nicer. Leave it to be very yeah. interesting because now that you mentioned that, I would have loved for the Cronenberg version of the Fly to take place in the basement of a suburban home because that would be. A very weird. That'd be super fucking wild. <laughs> kind of but instead, it takes place in an endless alley. And oh. the Big Daddy and the, <laughs> in the Big Daddy apartment. Yeah, it, it's the this resemblance is uncanny. It, the, specifically, that one shot toward the end, like that yeah. looked like, I, like Scuba Julian Steve was, was about yeah. to show up. Yeah, Scuba Steve was on the other side of that fucking door. It was crazy. That was wild. I I was noticing something, and you saying that I was like, "That's fucking it. This looks like the Big Daddy apartment. It just doesn't. What'd you say? It doesn't have the crow's nest." Yeah, yeah or if, the only, if only. Hooters, Hooters, Hooters. No, so I know that uh, Christian's just chock full of fun facts uh, about uh, about the fly that not movie. only you already knew going into this, but also just in your your bit of research, research we've been doing, yeah. which is which is again the the fun part about doing this series is that we get to kind of do deeper dives into these movies. Yeah, um, and there's a lot. There's a this lot movie. about this like fucking this, movie. This, this is a cool backstory. I, I was excited about this rewatch because I've seen this probably the least out of you guys. Maybe I've probably seen this maybe twice. Mm, damn. Loved it, though. And it had been a few years. And so I was not nervous about how it would how I'd respond to it. But uh, what a fucking awesome it's movie. Just a <laughs> like, this is it just such up. a great movie. It so holds up. And so I'm excited to kind of hear not only uh, your guys' takes on it uh, again, but kind of those those fun facts that that you've been storing up over there. Well, right off the bat, this is a Mel Brooks production. That needs to be noted. That's bizarre. Yeah. In the same way that he produced, produced like the Elephant, Elephant Man, Man. Yeah. which Brooks a connection. Stuff. See, I, I saved all this for you. I love God, I love this stuff. <laughs> so, uh Trippy. we're we're an educational <laughs> podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> Mel Brooks produced this movie. Uh purposefully same with Elephant Man kept his name under wraps. Tried to keep it off as much as possible. Uh, uh, this movie won the Oscar for Best Makeup. The Elephant Man, another Mel Brooks produced production, is the reason the makeup Oscar was created. Because the year that that movie came out, there was an uproar that it wasn't given a special Oscar for the makeup in it. The next year, they had a makeup category. Uh, five years later, The Fly won it. But then it wasn't a special Oscar. It was just a regular It was just Oscar. a regular Oscar. But then it, it won in competition. And that made, you know, that's pretty good. It beat the other ones. And not, it fucking deserved it. Not that's, special, though. That's cool. That's really cool. I mean, this movie's effects are unreal. They look so good today. Like This came out in 86, and it's 2021 now. And it looks fucking awesome. And by, by awesome, we mean disgusting. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. The practical effects, too, like, I don't want to be like a CGI sucks guy. But, but is there CG in this? No. 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 But like even if something doesn't look well, the, like 
the teleporter a little real, bit. Real, it does look like something that you can yep. touch. Yeah, like, exactly. It looks like a physical thing that has like texture and slime and like it looks. Yeah, it ha- it's like tactile in a way that a lot of computer generated stuff. This is one of isn't. this is one of three eighties fifties update reboots that heavily relied on practical effects. Oh, and let's all see if, of them fucking hold. Let's up. see if we can get these. The fly, well, we got the fly. The, the blob. Thing. Yep. The thing? Yes. Oh, there we go. The blob, the Hell fly, and the yeah. thing. All 50s reboots in the 80s, all of them fucking awesome. That's true. Yeah. So they're all great. That means we are due for uh, a 90s reboot, but with pre- super practical effects. That'd be but great. Right now. I would love that. What would we pick? Scream. They already did a TV show. They're, well, they're already <laughs> doing Scream 5. I think they're oh. making Scream 5. Without, I mean, Wes Craven's dead. Like... But is he? Ooh. Paul Walker is going to star. It's going to be wild. I would watch that. Yeah. Vin Di- I just made Vin Diesel cry. I'm so sorry, dude. He's an avid listener. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, so sorry, I'm sorry, Vin. So, so as as Christian kind of sprinkles in these, these very educational fun facts, on our little soundboard, I have four clips mm. from the movie. I don't know what order they're in. Oh, good. So I'm just going to sprinkle these in throughout as well, and we'll kind of talk about the lines because they're pretty good lines in but there. But you as did well. you obviously handpicked the lines. You just don't know what order of they're going to play. Of course. I don't know what order they're in. So that's kind of the fun part for me <laughs> as well. Um, so let's let's start with one. He regurgitates on his food. It liquefies and then he sucks it back up. So that's mm, a good one. That's a very good one. Yeah. That's from the videotape that he's filming for children. Yes, supposedly. Ed- again, correct. Educational. Educational. Right. But let's talk about that. Let's let's what is that describing? Yeah, so I mean Remember, y'all, we are coming at these movies as if you have seen them. Uh, watch them prior to listening to us. We're going to bounce around. Uh, so this is well into the story. Uh, our protagonist, Jeff Goldblum, a.k.a. Seth Brundle. Hunky Jeff Goldblum. Bulging-eyed. I mean, is he hunky? He's lanky as shit. Uh, i I'll ask, I'll ask my sister off air. I mean, she is the gold I give, expert. I give her the credit to that he's a handsome silver fox now. I'm curious like about her thoughts then, back then. Yeah, I'll find out. Yeah. I think he's actually like the perfect Cronenberg protagonist. No, truly, because truly. he, like I was saying earlier, that like a lot of Cronenberg movies, they're like very sexual, yeah. but they're not like sexy. Yeah. And that's how I think of Jeff Goldblum. He's like a sexual guy. He's got a lot of <laughs> sex coming off yeah. of him. But I don't think he's like sexy. No, he's weird. Wow. He is weird. He's super fucking weird. That is weirdly, That's accurate. weirdly yeah. specific and accurate. That's on point. Yeah. They should have worked more together. But, mm. Now I'm disappointed they didn't. <laughs> yeah, damn. Ooh. I'm just thinking about Goldblum. Yeah. 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 So to just quickly breeze through this, because I guess we'll be bouncing around. He, yeah. uh, Veronica, uh, I don't recall her last Gina name, Davis. but this is Gina Davis's character. As a reporter, her and Jeff Goldblum, he's a scientist. He's trying to figure out this teleportation stuff. She's like, "Oh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get the scoop." Her, uh, she gets her, the scoop. Her editor slash, uh, oh, she gets the scoop. She gets the scoop. <laughs> uh, her editor slash ex boyfriend Stathis. Last name. First name Stathis. Last name. Bor Baron 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 Baron, uh, a man named Boren. Stathis. I think it's Boren. Boren Stathis Boren from uh, where did you say he was from? Winterfell, uh, <laughs> something like that. Stathis uh, Borens, yeah, is uh, yes, it sounds like a Game of Thrones character, one hundred percent. But uh, he is he is the vengeful ex. I had the realization then that Charlie said he had also later in his life of watching this movie tonight. I realized, oh, that's his first name. I thought that was his last name, and that's just what they called it's him. It's his rapping name. Oh, heard. Like <laughs> he's, a, he's a professional. Oh, I thought you meant he like rapped presents, like a professional rapper at the no, holidays. Well, he, that's a hobby for him. <laughs> okay. But what? He's a rapping rapper. Truly, though, what kind yeah. of name is Stathis? Like, what the hell? Honestly, <laughs> it's nice, dude. It stands it's out. It's memorable. Dude. That's yeah, true. Yeah, it's absolutely memorable. I, I mean, okay. So, anyway, <laughs> Stathis is the editor. We hate him right now. He's a creep. Now. We meet him after he breaks into Gina Davis's apartment, taking a shower, being like, ooh, what a fuck. And it's lame and bad. He he gives off that vibe. He doesn't say that, but he kind of says it later. Yeah, anyway. Explicitly says that later. <laughs> he, ex- he explicitly says it later, like, yes. We don't have to get back together, but do you want to have sex? But do you want to have sex? No intimacy or like no romance or love. Uh, just fuck. Uh, that's if I wrote the script. Um, 
So the uh, uh, crux of this is that Gina Davis is covering Jeff Goldblum, trying to get the scoop. Stathis is um, wanting to get her back, but also very interested in like what is going on with this weird scientist guy. And as it goes along, Jeff Goldblum gets jealous of that side relationship. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to send myself through the teleporter. I'm tired of sending baboons and turning them inside out. Yeah, we do. Because that happens. There's an inside out baboon. No, we didn't watch the... Oh, we didn't watch the deleted Rejected scene. We forgot. Yeah. We'll describe it to Colby because you and I have seen it. So... Thank you. This is later in the film, though. This is after he's already kind of flied out a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, So... The first baboon thing, he has not he has not personally gone through the teleporter yet. And the baboon comes out inside out. It's just a gloppy, gloopy mess. That's the first nastiness we see in the movie. But it's like twitching and alive. It's twitching yeah, and alive. It's still alive, like, alive yeah, for yeah. now. And it's yeah, what a disgusting. They somehow made like a lump of goo, like obviously in pain. Yeah. <laughs> it reads as like screaming somehow. Totally. Even though it's not. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> And in a deleted scene, he does this again, correct? Uh, he puts a cat and a baboon through. He's yep. like running more tests after oh, he figures shit. out that the fly is in there. And it comes out. It's fucked. fucked. <laughs> like, it's fucked. And what does he do? Well, oh, now I got to see it. He beats it to death. Yeah, with like a pipe. And they show him beating it to death. And the audience like vehemently turned and was just like, no, fuck this. Yeah. Not, no, no. Like no longer any empathy for this character. Yeah, we are done. We don't fucking care. <laughs> He's just creating things and killing them. Like, what is this? Also, uh, so like, that's the baboon's scene. like his buddy. The baboon is his buddy. I got a fun fact about the baboon. The baboon is pretty pretty cute later on. To interject. His brother. I'm taking the long road to get to Oh, that I know. We, we're getting there. If you're wondering why the baboon disappears from the movie, like with no explanation... That's what happened to it. Yeah. It went, yeah, dead. That's went, a pipe sound. Yeah. That's what pipes sound like. Oh. <laughs> that, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, You're see. wondering where's the baboon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if you would have guessed. No. actually happened Probably not. <laughs> the baboon on set was very violent <laughs> and hostile, <laughs> except for two people. There were only two people that it would listen to and be calm with. It was its wrangler and Jeff Goldblum. And everyone said the reason was because Jeff Goldblum is 6'4", and the baboon was genuinely intimidated by his size. And he just listened to whatever Jeff Goldblum told him. It was... watch. There was, like, some behind-the-scenes footage in that doc that I watched. There's, like, an hour-and-a-half feature-length document behind-the-scenes documentary that comes with the special edition DVD of this. And it's really good. Well, it, you can really sense the chemistry between them on, on screen. He, <laughs> like, him and that baboon, like friends. They're, yeah, they're buds. They're buddies. They're and it was genuine. Out. Yeah. It was genuine. But apparently Gina it. Davis couldn't get near that fucking baboon because it would try to rip her face off. I'm confident that if I was on set, this baboon would like me. I'm an animal guy. I would really, I really love monkeys and I would really want that primate to like me and i i would not fuck with that baboon. no i wouldn't go near it that's what i'm saying i don't think i would go near that fucking <laughs> I, I think i think i'm dumb enough to go near it i think i'm tempted to be like Ooh. i think this thing would like me and then it would bite my fingers right. off. Yeah, but up. it might not yeah. so through these experiments that jeff goldblum is doing uh he's he's been successful in like certain things and one night he gets drunk and confident and uh jealous because she's out with Stathis, but she's not. She's really just kind of arguing with Stathis to leave her alone because she's with Jeff Goldblum. He's just paranoid. He's, he's also like threatening to undercut her story. 100%. Putting out his own story. Yeah, he's being a dickhead. Uh, he's like coming at her from all angles. Yeah. Being yeah. He, he's like, even before the pod thing that's about to happen, he's like starting to be a dickhead. He's, he's being very selfish, being very possessive. Um, but he gets drunk and goes through the pod believing that he's just going to teleport himself. But, oh, no, no, no. A fly gets in his pod, hence the fucking movie, and he teleports with it, genetically uh, mutates with this thing. They become one? They become a Myrtle fly. Oh, the fly. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> See, we thought he was going to fly the whole time, and he doesn't. It's a lie. It's a cop-out. <laughs> Which should have been called the walk-around. Uh, which is pretty good. The, ew. <laughs> it was very gross. Uh, again, this is my like seventh time seeing it. Charlie's hundredth, your third. Uh, it's still very gross. It just it, 
stays it's su- that way. It's surprising how gross it continues to be. And it gets gross because uh, Jeff Goldblum's genes are now the fly, and he's very uh, tough and strong and rough and buff and stuff. Gymnastics. Agile. His skin gets also very bad. It starts to deteriorate pretty quick. It looks at first like cystic acne or something, and then it just literally starts falling off at one point. And now we are at the clip. Oh, you want me to play it again? Yeah, one more time. He regurgitates on his food. It liquefies, and then he sucks it back up. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Uh, oh, it's he, the crossover. Yeah, that's it. He uh, in this scene, he is explaining uh, in his mind he's going to win like a Nobel Prize, and he's oh I'm going to uh, this is educational I need to teach. So he then pukes, re- sorry, regurgitates all over <laughs> barfs, barfs all. O- it's okay. That stuff that he pukes up is made from uh, honey, milk, and raw egg. Hmm. Yeah. It and is a weird consistency. It looks like cum. Yeah. I get, I <laughs> Everything in this movie looks like cum. I would have guessed just got a cum. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is also what's seeping out of Jeff Goldblum's pores we at said all goo, times. We said goo earlier, but everything in this movie looks like cum. I don't think I noticed like, how cummy his clothes yeah, his shirt get is covered, until, this, until this watch. Like It is all over him. When and she hugs him. There's a lot of... Hugging that Gina Davis does. Why? This movie that She's a maniac. Made me feel disgusting. There is also the moment where he is uh, arm wrestling the guy at the bar. Yeah. Ooh, and so good. his so grip is so strong that his, the, uh, his, I guess. His cum's coming out of his. His cum is yeah. squeezing out of his hand it's onto great. this guy. And then he breaks his arm. Yeah. And it's sick. It's, it's a really cool scene. It's, it's a great scene. It's a beautiful special it's effect. It's weirdly sexual because you get that close up of the like, like stuff coming out of his yeah. fingers and then straight into the. That was the, the climax. climax. Yeah. Oh. yeah. All it's uh, well, I mean, Jeff Goldblum very blatantly goes on a rant to Gina Davis before he goes to that bar where he's like, I'm looking for uh beyond penetration. I'm looking to the uh, the what's the quote? The about the plasma. Yeah. I'm not just talking about sex and penetration. I'm talking about penetration beyond the veil of the flesh. A deep penetrating dive into the plasma pool. Oh, do you mean that? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Thank you very, very much. Uh, Got that first that's try. That's exactly it. Yeah. Beautiful. So, that again, yeah, I guess that's your other clip, that perfect segue. Exactly. That kind of sums up uh, his, I'm like, okay, so that's where the sex part of this is coming in. Cronenberg also says that this is an allegory for just disease, obviously. It's like, this is just also aging and just deterioration of the body. Uh, it was greatly taken as an AIDS allegory in the 80s when it came out. Uh, he said that was not intentional. So. Extremely easy to read that. 100% yeah. though. Like honestly, it's subtext. Like it it was going on. Whether he's acknowledging or, it or not. like It's, it's what it's was there. happening well, in yeah. the culture. I mean, that's what's so like this really upsetting about a lot of Cronenberg stuff is that he confronts you with this stuff like disease or like aging but like accelerated in such a way that you can't, you have to like deal with it. Yep. It's so visceral. Yeah. Like, and like all of his movies do that. Even like even Eastern promises and history of violence. Like it's just all of a sudden you have to deal with this thing. Yeah. Well, he like gets a little more cerebral, but true, like true, all true. of his movies are essentially like at some point you are going, your body is going to change or like you as a person is going to change, uh, you're going to deteriorate, uh, you're going to like become something that you might not like. And I think what the clips you showed actually, something that happens a lot in his work that is super interesting is that like a lot of the times in his movies when these things are happening to these characters that like the audience is repulsed by, the character is like into it. Mm. And like that's what, is like a really interesting and transgressive thing is that like sometimes these gross things about you you're going to like and you're going to like identify yourself with i can see that like especially with like videodrome and obviously with goldblum during parts of the fly like while Mm -hmm. he's deteriorating he's still in love with the fact that he feels so strong and is able to like get women and stuff yeah he's like has bouts of being scared by it but he's largely like really accepted it and into it yeah yeah 
And I'm very curious, we'll talk about it, we'll name it at the end of this, but I'm very curious how that point will play into the next movie that we're covering in the Cronenberg series. Yeah. Because I think that specific point is really going to uh, hit home in our next one. Ugh. It's wild stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Cronenberg, uh, we, I think we vaguely hinted at it in The Brood. The Brood is not super sexual. It's more uh, relational. Like, it's... there's The sex has already happened. They've already got a kid (laughs) in The Brood. Yeah, it's more of... It's his, as he said, Kramer versus Kramer, just more realistic. Um, He's also just not interested about, like, the emotional aspect of sex. It's just a weird biological thing. It's very cold. It makes people go insane. Yeah. I mean, that's the entire plot, I believe, of Shivers... I think is like a parasite or something makes everyone go yeah, sex it's like crazy. An STD. Yeah. Oh, that's shivers. Yeah. Okay. 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 I, I had I've seen clips of that, but didn't that's his, put those two together. That's his first horror movie. I oh, think. interesting. Yeah, it's that it's and really Rabbit. Really similar to Rabbit. Yeah, they're very. They have some of the same cast, I believe, too. The the sex thing about this movie that's I think. I, I had forgotten how much sex is in this movie. Obviously, you remember the big. Honestly, stuff. I remembered more. <laughs> well, that's like the initial side effect is that you like he just loves super, having sex yeah, yeah, yeah. and can for go all night. Gina Davis can't keep up. No. <laughs> yeah, geez. Where it takes a cool turn is that it very quickly starts to you know deteriorate for him, and then that's when that's when the the real makeup magic starts is because it's so gradual. Like I don't know how many different phases he has throughout this movie, but enough to where. Every scene, he looks a, a little bit different, like a little four, bit more gross. Yeah, it's like, like very distinct scene to scene. Yeah, yeah, like one scene, his his skin on his face is just a little bit grosser. The next scene, uh, his his eyes are, are looking off in some way. Like the the cut on his back is getting more hairs, and uh, it's such a progression that you can definitely tell why it it probably easily won the Oscar. Yeah, I mean, it looks phenomenal. Uh, I, I don't know how. They, I mean, the thing still holds up, but yeah, like this tech, this, this looks better than a lot of the stuff in the thing, and I think the thing looks great, yeah. and this looks a lot better than the stuff in the blob, and I think the blob came after this. Well, and what we were talking the thing about was before this. Though. What we were talking about while we were watching it was like, especially right when he's in the like prime of his Brundlefly stage, like the skin effects and the skin makeup looks great from a distance, but then. As it gets it looks closer. Better. It looks even better yeah. up close because there's so much detail, and you can, you can see bits of like uh, Jeff Goldblum's skin where it has ripped and is turning into like fly Brundlefly skin, and like it's the just hairs a, are very important. To the, see. the fly hairs yeah. are so disgusting. Well, the like really gradual transformation works really well at the end of the movie too, because since you've seen it happen so mm. gradually, like the big gross final boss fly, you still recognize as being Jeff Goldblum, even though True. it's purely animatronic. It doesn't look goofy yeah. at that point, you where if it just came it out, yeah, right. if it just like popped out that way, right. you'd be like, duh, what the fuck is this? But you, well, actually, yeah, because he starts, in the scene, he starts as still vaguely looking like Jeff Goldblum, and by the end of it, he's an animatronic. Falls off. That scene <laughs> is crazy. gnarly, where, where she's kind of pushing him away, and she grabs his jaw and rips it off, Yeah, and that's kind of the sequence that this is after this is his final transformation. This is after he has regurgitated yes. on Stathis's hand and foot. Stathis, thus melting them to bloody pulps. I hate that Stumps. that it basically makes us root for Stathis at the end. He's the hero. He, in the he, end, he he shows up when he needs to. He he helps out. Uh, I remembered him being a bit more heroic toward the end. He really like gave, you pointed it out. He really gave that like dad's rights thing during the abortion yeah. conversation oh gina davis uh is pregnant with Brundlefly's kid yeah we, this we is a pretty that. this is a pretty uh, a, on a the big nose subplot on the nose point for what the fuck is going on in our society right now but yeah this is honestly this is a pro-abortion movie like yes. no one's really like pushing back about abortion itself it's the weird dad's right shit. but it also like i think cronenberg does have kind of like a reactionary streak mm-hmm. where like I don't. It's not put out as like that outlandish that because you think something's going to be wrong with your child that it's like a no brainer that you would True. get rid of it. Yeah. He also like the presence of Stathis is like very strange because he's like not a good guy. He's like no. He's not like evil and he like behaves like a normal like fairly heroic person at the end. But he's like very necessary to the plot and like kind of framed as 
a good, a good guy, guy in parts, yeah. but he's like very explicitly a bad gross. person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's gross to neutral. I would say it sounds like this. they just didn't want to pay a, a second actor to to be a different character. Like, no, we'll just make we'll just make Stathis be. He'll the just guy have again. an arc. He'll just yeah. have a little. Well, arc. I think he was two characters in the original script that they oh. combined into one. Because okay, that yeah, makes sense. This is this is something to bring up. Yes. Um, the. Uh, I don't have the original screenwriter's name written down, uh, but he is produced or um, credited as a co-writer. Charles uh, Edward Pogue. Yes, Cronenberg insisted that he get a writing credit because he said he wouldn't have been able to structure the film had that script not been there. He's mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't have been able to do what I did without your skeleton. Well, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me because some of his earlier more like trashy movies have like some real pace yeah. problems and yeah. this movie fucking goes goes this feels it's wild we yeah. should also say it's only an hour and a half i remembered it being longer and this is this is so fucking fast yeah. and and, and I, I don't mean that as a bad thing no. i just i remembered it being like oh this is like a 2 hour oscar nominated movie but no it's an hour and a half horror fucking monster movie it's, it's really, fucking great it's really lean and like like charlie mentioned like it it moves so fast it there it literally starts with Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum meeting and beginning their relationship, and it does not stop going. Like you mentioned, about as you were watching, there's no there's no side plots really. There's no like peripheral characters. No, it's, it's just, just them. Yeah. It's those three really, and then the the bar scene, like, which those it, are the other characters, is crucial. necessary. Yeah. We need to see the broken arm with the potential come on yeah on the hands so to mention bring it back to the writer um so when cronenberg got brought on because he was originally approached for this um but he had to turn it down because he was in contract to do uh total recall really yeah whoa which is wild uh that would have been a different movie (laughs) yeah I think he had a, like an issue with Dino De Laurentiis or something, and that's why that mm. fell through. I think there was like an a conflict. It's Cronenberg, so I'm sure he was like, "I want to do something fucking weird," and they're like, "You cannot do that." <laughs> Imagine <laughs> so Total Recall with yeah. with Cronenberg's mentality. That's what I'm saying. I mean, we got Total Recall with Verhoeven's yeah. mentality. Yeah, we which got is, a weird version. We got we still got a weird version and a fucking great one. I love Verhoeven. He's a fucking nut. Um, but Cronenberg then got freed up sure. and was able to. Uh, signed back onto this and when he came on Cronenberg works with the same crew on like fucking everything yeah, that's Howard why Shore. Howard Shore does all crazy. of his movies all of his fucking we, we learned made that, that we didn't know brew. that until we started watching we didn't the make brew. that connection and it was like or like obviously we knew who he was but the, watching the brood I was like oh shit he works like I think he does all of Cronenberg's movies and he I think he's done all of his movies except Maps to the Stars I think which is fucking crazy yeah he's been around for he's been his guy (laughs) so in bringing on his own crew obviously like i mentioned the uh writer um was gone but cronenberg gave him credit anyway the original director was this guy named robert bierman who had fully developed it and was ready to go in the night uh before everything was supposed to kick off uh his he got a message that his daughter died in south africa and he went there and was gone for about four months. And Mel Brooks held the project for him. And when he came back, he was like, it's yours. Let's do it. And he's like, I can't do it. Mel Brooks let him out of his contract and returned to Cronenberg one more time, right when Cronenberg had left Total Recall. The rest is history. What like weird coincidence of timing yeah. for that to work out. Right. But that's very sad. As it well. is very sad. No, it's a huge bummer. Um but it 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 worked out. Robert Bierman uh, is interviewed all throughout that uh, behind the scenes documentary, and he uh, he speaks well of the film. That's so. interesting. What I'm curious about: how was this received, like critically, when it when it came out? It did really well. It did yeah. really well. Yeah. yeah, this was this was a hit. Because obviously, audiences and obviously it won an yeah. Oscar, mm-hmm. but like it, so it was it made a bunch of money there's as well. Not, there's not an Ebert review on his site for it. Siskel had it's it in his top ten of the year. Yeah. For whatever 86. I don't there's certain movies like this that like Ebert there's nothing I can find about it and it's very odd weird yeah because it it's like, like that was a big ass movie yeah and Siskel will have something uh other contemporary critics of that time would have something but not Ebert and it was, was this was this what really put Cronenberg on the map for sure oh 100 yeah yeah uh yeah oh yeah especially in the Hollywood system sure because this was his first well he's talked about in interviews that he's like 
bewildered that uh, the Dead Zone wasn't like a huge hit, mm. but apparently it like didn't get yeah, I like a Dead lot Zone of marketing. That like he thought for sure, like while they were making it, that it was yeah, going to be Stephen the one that, like, King and the broke him in yeah. America. But this did. But this, yeah, this yeah. Was so he long. followed Dead Zone with this. Was that the yeah? Because uh, he made um, uh, what was it? Uh, scanners and Dead Zone in this? No, no, no. It was Scanners, and then he made Videodrome and Dead Zone in the same year, and then The Fly came. That's crazy that he made Videodrome and Dead Zone. I mean, in it's hard year. with with his filmography. It just feels like wait, he made that, then that. Oh wait, what that too? Like it's like he's just got hit after hit after hit yeah, for a while. A bunch of movies, yeah. I wouldn't say like every one of his movies are masterpieces by any means, but all of them are pretty interesting. I think this one too came in like a time where his like craft and style had been refined mm. to the point where he could have more a bigger budget. Success. And, yeah. and it was kind of where like his more like heady cerebral diggings into like his weird neuroses and the like hyper literal stuff from like his early work kind of like merged mesh really yeah. nicely in this. Yeah. It's fucking great. And that he followed this. I feel like him following this with dead ringers makes a lot of sense. Because that's uh, more contained, less showy, but just as, well, I'd say more cerebral than this one and way more sexual. (laughs) Yes, that is true. It's also another movie, like a lot of his stuff feels kind of like sealed away from the world, which like... That one absolutely does. Helps this movie to like feel like it's moving, but it also like you don't feel like these characters are like integrated into some larger Cronenberg universe. They're, they're just kind of in their own thing. They're all their alone. Own. Yeah. I don't feel like anything is connected in Cronenberg's world. Like everything feels very contained to this horrible existence yeah. that we're seeing. And it's all shot like very flat. Yeah. Like very static. I, I feel so like in good hands watching his movies just being like i know that i i know kind of the tone to expect a little bit i know the beats of cronenberg a little bit it's so his stuff is very rewatchable it's interesting you brought up de palma earlier Mm -hmm. because i feel like their styles are so dissimilar they they are that like de palma is like purely visually based Mm -hmm. whereas like just style yeah i don't think of cronenberg there's like no substance yeah. yeah i don't think of cronenberg as being like a visual like it wouldn't surprise me really if he wasn't like a big movie fan cronenberg seems like very literary to me i would agree with that i mean i have no idea like what his actual influences are that could be completely wrong but but i understand that i think he's a reality tv guy yeah big survivor fan yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean like a a lot of the americans in that era were like very flashy and very into like making you aware of themselves behind the camera where i feel like he's just kind of putting the camera down and putting his weird scary shit in front of it and letting you watch. Yeah. He's just, he's, he's just, yeah, you're right. He's just letting you watch the gross stuff. Yeah. That's, that's his, his thing. And it works. The De Palma that specifically came to mind was sisters and uh body double. Oh, so good. If you're familiar with yeah. body, I haven't double. actually seen body double, but I, I know that it's his most, it. it's so phallic. It's so sexual. And it's, that's like, those were the two when I was thinking of the comparison was like sisters is just such a good 70s weird horror flick. Uh, and I, I don't want to give anything away to either of them, but Body Double is a Hitchcockian skin flick. It's awesome. It's really good with a with a giant power drill. Talk about like, phallic. Like the driller killer. Yeah, but actually effective. That movie is not yeah. as... I mean, that movie was fine. But, uh, True. Yeah, not that bad. What's cool about The Fly is... It's cool to know that this was such a big a big hit because it's become such a big part of pop culture like since then it's it's kind of like surpassed it's kind of life as a movie i think and uh, exists on in pop culture like if, if somebody knows a line from this movie if they don't know that it's from the fly they still know the line, the line. itself yeah which yeah, like the tagline. yeah let me see if, if i got this right i'm afraid don't be afraid no be afraid be very afraid. well almost oh, cuts off but what <laughs> yeah like I knew what that was before I saw the fly. Right. I heard that line as a kid. Yeah, it's yeah. like the there he Exactly. Yeah. I didn't know what that was for years. I also knew uh I'm not an animal, I'm a human being before I ever saw the elephant man. And that line scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Just hearing him say it. It's like, very I don't, it's I don't very need sad. To, I don't need to see who's saying that. Yeah. Yeah, that freaked me out. Elephant man scared me as a kid. 
But movie. it's also funny to think that that a movie this weird and sexual and gross was such a big hit. Like you, I, Dude, like I people are freaks. Like, man. but but I, I don't think this could happen today. Like, I don't think there is a movie that could be this, you know, mm. gross. I mean, it's it could come out, but it wouldn't be that successful. Yeah, no, it wouldn't yeah. be a hit. But I think I don't know if that's necessarily because people aren't hungry for it. I think it's just an oversaturation of content right now. Maybe like there's just not enough people gravitating toward like one central hub of something. Yeah, I think this like budget of movie doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah, exactly. The the like mid high tier indie flick, yeah. like the indie flick with a budget. I mean, this I think was a studio film though. I think this was a higher budget. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I think Jeff Goldblum was like an established guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, point. I think he was an A-lister at this point. Like Which is, this, this was big. And, and you mentioned that Gina Davis, this is one of her first kind of big roles. And she's incredible in this. Like, I had and, forgotten how good she is in this uh, movie. Goldblum, uh, obviously, like, once she went up for it, pushed for her. But uh, he, like, they have the agreement of, like, I'm not going to, like, try to sway anything. And folks were trying to originally get... Jennifer Jason Lee for her part or Laura she Dern. Ends up in, uh, existence. Yeah. Oh, right. She shows yeah. up. Not Laura Dern, but Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Laura Dern, but um, Cronenberg and the producers wanted a complete uh, unknown, and that's why Gina Davis ended up in it. Yeah. I mean, it works so well. She, like, I remember all the, like, obviously you remember, like, the fingernails peeling off and stuff, but, like, <laughs> the puss. On, yeah. On this rewatch, though, like, one of the scenes that really struck me was when she's, like, it's in my body. Like I want it out of my body. It's just like her saying it's so frantic and it's, yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's panicked. Like really hard to watch. Especially yeah. cause that, that scene follows or that line follows the scene of her kind of her last check in on mm-hmm. Brundlefly after she knows that she's pregnant with his, his fly baby and she sees how gross he's turned and <sighs> you're right. Like you can see the, or you can hear the desperation when she's saying that, like, get it out of me yeah, and you, she, and you yeah. understand it. And you're like, yes, get it out of her, please. Like yeah. I want it. It's for not her. like, Oh, my baby's going to be fucked up. It's like, this is, this, is, this could have hurt me. Yeah. 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 The baby doesn't exist yet. Like it's just, it, yeah. it does help that there is a pretty gnarly dream sequence early on yeah. where, it, where Cronenberg pulls that sucker right out. <laughs> It's it's gross. <laughs> uh, normally, normally in dream sequences, I'm kind of over them in movies at this point. This, this one's one is, great. This one's so effective. He like, pulls a larva works. baby out of her. Cronenberg does. That's Cronenberg. Yeah. yeah. He's wearing a mask, though. He's wearing a mask. Because this is... Safety first. Takes place in future times. During the pandemic. Yep. Like, uh, her delivering the larva baby is imagery that he wasn't going to not put into the movie. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so, like, in the dream He's like, just do it in a dream. <laughs> It's yeah. fine. Just you know do what? It I'll dream. do it myself. You know <laughs> what? Fuck it. We'll do it live. Uh, did you know that uh, other people were almost Goldblum's part? Ooh, give me those. I'm Ooh. curious. Do you have any guesses of Ooh, okay. hot of the time actors? In the mid-80s? There Tom, are, Tom Cruise? There are, no, there, he's way too small. There are, there are specifically two uh, folks that were actually offered, and they both turned it down. Harrison Ford. No, but... Oh, I would have... Love the Harrison Ford. <laughs> okay, and what's oh, if you got a guess? I think they're kind of long. Like they're, I don't know if they'll come I, I to mean, mind. Now give, give them to me. Uh, Michael Keaton was offered cool. and turned it again, down. I think. And fucking Mel Gibson, who turned it down. <laughs> Whoa. I like Whoa. Both of those, that yeah. been, that would have been <laughs> Mel Gibson, a crazy movie. Mel Gibson supposedly turned it down for Lethal Weapon. I mean, and I don't know what Michael Keaton turned it down that, uh, for. John Lithgow got offered. He also, uh, I don't know if he got offered, but I read that he got he auditioned, like okay. he was going out for it. That would have been crazy. I too. could see John Lithgow. Lithgow was working with De Palma a lot right, in the yeah. '80s. True, but I could see like the way he speaks. I love is John very Lithgow, similar dude. to the way that Goldblum speaks. It, oh, I kind could, of like well, they're very theatrical, exactly. Yeah. And I think that like Lithgow could have done this. I don't think the other two necessarily. Gibson would have been wild. Yeah, I don't think it would have worked. I would have. Michael Keaton would have totally worked. Yeah, Michael Keaton's a freak. Gibson Goldblum, would have been unhinged. Unhinged. I think Goldblum's like weird twitchiness and like weird oh, articulations too, good. too also help with the transition into mm, fly because mm-hmm. he's like already and weird. he that yeah. was a choice. Yeah, uh, that was not in the script. He all the twitching is him. Like that's Goldblum. It's very like insect like. It yeah. it makes so much sense. Goldblum's so good. Yeah, but I mean, like even before the transition though, like cheese. He's just like cheese. Weird, weird way of speaking. <laughs> he's just weird. And well, you mentioned when you were talking about Cronenberg earlier, how he, it's kind of like his neuroses on screen. 
Goldblum epitomizes yeah. neuroses. Yeah. <laughs> like just everything, yeah, the way he talks, like the way he moves. Yeah. <laughs> like his eyes are so it's open manic. wide. The it's whole manic time. energy. It, yeah. And it like, it carries the movie yeah. throughout each stage of his prosthetics that he's wearing. And it's still him under it. Yeah. It's still his voice. When did he lose his beautiful perm? I don't recall that going away. Slow process. Very slow yeah. process. Still got a little bit of it. Got like a late season Frasier look going on. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. That's when he's all the forehead. Mullet, yeah. yeah, but he's got the crazy poof in the back. I got a question. Yeah. What's the what was the moment that made you guys cringe the most? On Still. this watch? Yeah. Yeah, let me see. After he tears his fingernail off, pushing the pus out of his finger onto the mirror. That is definitely up there. I I think because I bite my nail still, it's when he bites the nail and the whole fingernail comes off. I think that's mine. Finger, that is fingernail a, stuff is nasty. That is a thing that's fucked His me up. His teeth dropping out onto the keyboard. That's also. pretty rough. You mentioned while we were watching that a lot of the things that we see are things that I've had nightmares about. Yeah. Which, yeah, that fingernail thing. The teeth thing for me. My teeth have never fallen out. I know that's a common one. I've though. had, I rarely have nightmares, yeah. but like the one that I can remember from like, you know, as a kid was my teeth falling out and it was so scary. And so seeing that on screen, disgusting. Yeah. And yeah, the fingernails, of course, wild. fingernails is always going to be nasty. It happens in a, I have a nightmare that I've had since I was a little kid. That's like the scene in Black Swan where she's picking oh, up a handnail. Oh, me too. Me too. It's like all the way down. All the way up. Yeah. I've had that too. And like the skin just keeps peeling like all over your yeah. body from a hangnail. I have that too. And when it happened in Black Swan, it fucked me up. I was like, oh, someone put it in a movie. Like, oh, Oh, no. Someone did it. Yeah. Oh, my God. It doesn't go... It just goes down her finger, if you remember. It doesn't Uh, go super far. That's so gross. It's bad. aren't really that many gore effects, but they're all so effective. Yeah. it's, It's the... It's the... Like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre thing. Like, that movie has almost no fucking blood in it, and it's remembered as being one of the most violent, gory movies. And this is very violent and gory, but only in, like, very quick pockets. It's just really intense pockets. It's just very memorable. The arm wrestling scene, when his arm snaps, you're like, oh, that's a gross effect. And they come back back. to it. Yeah, and it's worse. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It I, looks so good. I'm so glad they did a second shot. Beautiful it. effect. It's, it, it's exactly what, what this movie needs and what, what really adds that extra layer of like, oh. It's like, eh, you want more. Yeah. Yeah, you want to see the, it the like flipped more. inside out baboon thing too, it's like. So early. Yeah, you're yeah. like, so, but you know that the movie has that in the bag. Like if it wants to go like, back oh, there. Oh, shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, what I've is never, that? I've never considered an inside out baboon yeah. before. Consider the inside out this. baboon. Yeah. That's the name of the episode. Consider the inside out baboon. That's a good Consider one. Consider if that is. you will. Consider if you will the inside out baboon. I have one final line Ooh, from the movie. Do you? Do you? That is one of my absolute favorites. Oh, thank you. I won't even. I, I won't know. even. I know. I don't think you do. It's not, it's not the one. Why wouldn't you pull that? Everything about you is changing. You look bad. You smell bad. I've never been much of a bather. <laughs> That's the one. Beautiful. Okay, never mind. I thought it was the Brundle fly. See, no, that's the thing. Why would I ever like, go with the boring one? It's the best line in the movie. That's that is a good one though. You look bad and you smell bad. <laughs> but he's like, I think it's fine. Yeah, yeah he's he like, embraced. He's it. feeling himself, yeah. man. Like, I've never been much of a bather. Yeah, really, like a recurring thing in Cronenberg is like the male. This is just me. This is just me, baby. <laughs> this is the I'm new doing. Me. I'm doing my thing, and you're in my space. You think it's gross? I think it's normal. Yeah. That's a good point. That's every Cronenberg character. You think this is fucked up? It's fine by me. I don't or think he, there, there, I like it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I don't think there was ever a moment throughout this movie where he's like, "I'm not into this." Well, like he's kind of scared for a yeah, second. Yeah, he's scared when he's hobbling around. But then when he's up on the walls, he's like, "I'm back, baby." It's like yeah. it's like that scene in Spider-Man when Tobey Maguire's first walking on the walls. But I also feel like that's kind of like a moment of clarity when he's scared because he says, "Like if you stay near me, I'll hurt you." And then from then it's just full on. He's the fly. At yeah. That well, he's point. like the disease has revealed its purpose. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I know what's going down now. Which what a cool way to like twist that. Like the disease has revealed its purpose to me, and it's the, shifting his brain around. The script rules. Yeah. The dialogue is great. It, it's just, it just sounds cool. It's intense. It's poetic. It's nice. The sci-fi j- delivers the hell out of it. The sci-fi jargon like isn't too bad. It's not too heady. It works. Yeah. Well, he, it makes sense. I they they like. Put that into the script with him essentially being like a middle. He says at one point, like, I don't know how any yeah, of this shit works. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like ordering parts essentially. Like, yeah. I'm just assembling it all. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Just, I'm just a guy. Yeah. I just work here. <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what happens. And then he uh, he becomes the work. No, I'm, you've got me so curious about the sequel. 
Actually, with, yeah, with none the, of us have with seen son it. Son of Brundlefly. I believe that's. I believe that is the plot. I, don't hold me to that, but I'm pretty positive it's Son of Brundlefly, and I, I maybe he flies. I don't know. I can only hope because because we yeah, we should say there's zero the flying fl- in it's this the movie. Fly T O O. That's the Brundlefly is the dad. This one's about Brundlefly's monster. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're correct. People You're correct. Confused. That's I. I'm going to refer to any potential future child that I have as my... Oh, that's Christian's monster. <laughs> that's just... it's an, Oh, that's Christian's monster. I think that's good. Uh, on the birth certificate. <laughs> yeah, Christian's monster. <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. In We did this with The Brood, kind of, in his filmography. Uh, like, how does this stack up? It obviously holds up upon rewatches. Uh, I have intentions of doing some of the ones on my own just to for fun um, d- while we're doing this. So uh, the first one that I plan to do is The Dead Zone. Mm-hmm. And I do want to rewatch Videodrome because it's been about like eight years since I've seen it. And uh, I've seen it twice. And both times I was just like, this one really isn't doing much for me. I, I don't necessarily feel confident that third viewing is going to help. Yeah, and I mean James Wood is is a fucking dickhead. He does suck. Yeah. I think he's really good in that movie. Though. I'm sure he is. <laughs> I'm sure he is. Um, and I know he's been great in things. Um, uh, oh, but yeah. him being like sure, a, him being like a sex fiend in this, I'm like ah, this is yeah, I, don't, be, I don't need that. This is going to be interesting. Him <laughs> shoving a VHS into his vagina stomach. Ugh, it's good God. stuff. His it's the effects in that movie are incredible though. The, the the gooey gun hand thing, Long Live the New Flesh, it's awesome. That, as a saying, is perfect. And, yeah, the effects and body horror stuff is always going to be gross and, and effective. Yeah. But the story. But that's, uh, since we're not going to be covering it, that's what I love about The Dead Zone is it doesn't really have that. It's, it's really him, like, restraining. Yeah. And, like, it's really atmospheric and, like, a lot of tone going on. And there's just, like, that one real freaky intense scene with the scissors in the bathroom that's ooh, so i want to read the dead zone it's good because i'm the, the only, only king, king i've read fan. yeah oh is the book good yeah the, oh, I, nice. did, I like the book quite a bit cool. wasn't there a tv show too yeah with that uh Anthony weird michael science hall. kid yeah. <laughs> michael hall yeah yeah i forgot about the usa was yeah, that a usa I think it was on for like 30 years <laughs> <laughs> I, think I think that's still accurate. on it wasn't yeah. one of the many usa shows i used to consume uh monk and psych burn notice burn notice psych uh monk I got two of them. White collar. White collar. Uh, Royal pains. I've never know. even heard uh, of it. <laughs> see, I'm a, yeah. I'm a deep diver. What can yeah. I say? Damn. USA deep head. into USA. Wow. Really, mostly it was just psych, though. Psych isn't a great show. Psych? Like that? That's Didn't dis- they make a movie? That's disrespectful. Is it? <laughs> not yeah, allowed to say yes, that? Yes, they fucking made a movie. Was it good? I haven't seen it. Okay. Uh, not that much of a fan, I guess. We're gonna we're gonna do an episode on the psych. Film. Are we? All right. I mean, I'll find I'll find some weird weird TV show that ended up getting a movie. Sex and the City. We'll do a double feature. <laughs> yeah, we'll <laughs> some weird obscure one. <laughs> we'll the, do Sex in the City too. The syndicated, uh, the CW version. Oh yeah, with the all version. of it edited, edited out. Everything yeah. edited out. Damn, I think that's actually how I've seen the majority of what I've seen of Sex in the City is whatever was on cable. That's nuts. Yeah, that's I've seen none. Insane. I've seen. Well, I'm not. Hannah's had it on before, and it's not my thing. Yeah, it's insane that it was ran in syndication. <laughs> Crazy. They need that money. They got that money. It's not just like edited. Like episodes are edited down. There's like whole plot lines excised from the show. <laughs> Because they just can't it, cover it on just yeah. a half yeah. hour. Because yeah. what? It's about a dildo or something, and they just can't talk about it on cable. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It's like trying to edit girls to like be on oh, ABC shit, or yeah. something. It's yeah, like, like season one of Girls with Adam Driver masturbating yeah, it's not all that over the place. Explicit, yeah. but like it is really insane. <laughs> the first time I saw that show, it was like, whoa, this is a lot. Yeah. The first season of Girls with Adam Driver just jerking off all the time. Maybe we should do the first season of Girls for this podcast. I mean, f- fucking Dude, Adam Driver made me uncomfortable. Does it show dick? No. Adam Driver does dong. Uh, if you stick with Cronenberg, though, you'll see some dong. I think we're going to in our next movie. I think we might. That's actually a really great segue, yeah. Charlie. Thank yes. you. I'm, thank you so I'm much. <laughs> You're a pro podcaster. This has been uh, a desire of mine f- to cover on the podcast since we started it, uh, but I'd been waiting for the Criterion Edition to release, and then once it did, I was waiting for it to go half off. <laughs> 
The second, the second wait. The second wait. Uh, and then it finally did, and I picked it up. So we are covering Crash. Uh, oh, 1996's gross. Crash. Uh, this is the one we... Uh, this is our 90s pick for Cronenberg. We're doing one a decade, if you don't recall, uh, and obviously covering some periphery shit during the conversation. But Colby and I are going in blind to Crash, purposely not knowing much other than a young, hot James Spader is in it. But, uh, Charlie, you've seen it? Yeah, banger. For sure. <laughs> oh, don't say it like that. <laughs> yes. Wait, Christian, yeah. say so just say the one line sentence uh, of what this movie's about. It's uh, about people with uh fetish for car crashes, correct? Yeah. And yes. they f- like to fuck in car in car crashes. Yeah, you know, in them, around them. <laughs> just yeah. This is so this is going to be an incredible This is another experience. this is another NC-17 film. We're on a streak right now. We just did Mysterious Skin, which was NC-17. And yeah. that'll fall somewhere Somewhere during this you will series, have heard this. You will have heard that. At we some are point. kind of doubling up on NC seventeen movies. Uh, I'll find another one. It's, yeah, there's yeah. plenty out there. Crash isn't my favorite, but if you like look at a bunch of people's like Cronenberg rankings, it's at the top of a lot of them. Interesting. Like, what is I yours? Know. The Fly. Yeah, that's my favorite. Cool. Uh, Eastern Promises. I need to. I want to rewatch one A one B maybe. I always I always leaned toward Eastern Promises, uh, but it's been years since I've watched it. But I remember I remember seeing a history of violence being like this is really good, but I don't know if I like love it, love it. And then Eastern Promises came out, and I was like, oh, this I love this. This like this feels like what I wanted from History of Violence. Oh my god, Eastern Promises was so fucking cool. Are we doing that one? We'll see. Are we'll have we? to see. I don't remember. I don't remember what keep, we... Keep listening and yeah. you'll find out. If y'all just want to watch it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> we, we could all just get together and keep watching some Cronenberg shit. Because you haven't seen, what, Naked Lunch and Butterfly? Naked Lunch and Butterfly. Uh, and there was, you said there was one more, I think, but... Done. There is um, one more. Because my blind spots are also M. Butterfly, but I haven't seen Existence, which you I don't think anybody's seen M. Butterfly. I don't think that's a real movie. <laughs> yeah, apparently nobody's it's seen like fucking M. Butterfly. Piece, right? it, well, it's... <laughs> I think I it's like an adaptation it, of an opera or like a dr- uh, Broadway play Lame. or something. Yeah. And he, I don't. <laughs> I'm out. Uh, there was one other one uh, that I have. You should probably seen. check out Existence. Oh, Cosmopolis. I uh, want to see Existence because I know it's his it's, weird yeah. early it's 2000s. Bizarre, really it's a bizarre out. story. <laughs> it's 99. Yeah, I'll Jason check Lee that one out. It. Oh, he followed Crash with that. Oh, it went crash then existence. Oh, weird. Yeah, didn't realize that. That's a weird. That's a weird. <laughs> so he got all of his juices out and then was like, "I'm gonna go play a video game for a while." He's a he's a one for me, then one for me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, his one for them was M Butterfly, and then he had to double down with Crash and Existence. I think the fly is really good too as like a entry point. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. It's like, it's got that more like mainstream pacing, uh, but it's also, there's a lot, there's a lot of his shit there. It's, yeah. it's really accessible while also being still gross and weird. It, yeah. It, yeah. it really like toes the line incredibly well. I would say Eastern Promises is another decent one because it shows his obsession with the body uh, <laughs> and violence. It's yeah. always, Eastern Promises is one that I think of as being just like, a normal like prestige drama Movie, that yeah. I would like put on around my parents, but then before I do, I there's like three scenes that <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. I mean, it <laughs> opens very intensely, yeah, 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 yeah. and then obviously the the shower scene, you're just like, that's a lot of dick and a lot of blood. Yes. Yeah, that seems so good. It's a, a, a incredible. Do you recall? Movie I believe back in college. Uh, you and I fast forwarded to that scene, yeah, 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 and just watched that scene and then shut the movie up. I actually remember you guys telling me this story at some point. <laughs> yeah, were you not also very drunk? Yeah, one hundred percent. It was college. <laughs> it was yeah. It was college. That was. And you were like, no, no, no. Let's just fast forward to the shower scene in Eastern Promises. Yeah, we watched that scene. It was dope, and then we shut it off. <laughs> Man, not to go on another like tangent, but apparently, go for it. Vigo was like, yeah, it doesn't really make sense for you to not see my dick in this scene. So like. I'm just going to be naked the whole time we're shooting. And Hell like, yeah. Don't feel like you have to shoot around me. Like, if we're going to do it, let's, let's do, do it. Let's do it. It was like all Vigo. He was not like <laughs> coerced into doing it. Is Vigo a cool guy? I think he so. He seems fucking rad. He, he seems yeah. like the coolest of guys. He seems interesting. And he had that whole bit about 
him being like, it's fine to say the N-word sometimes. When he did Green Book. Yeah. Well, oh, I mean, yeah. I forgot about Green Book. I didn't see Green being Book. Being a famous actor diseases your brain. <laughs> it messes you up no so one, badly. Yeah, no one's completely free. I can say it in movies. Why can't I say brain? it at dinner? Yeah. It was like when Liam Neeson just unprompted was like, oh, that was that all his so crazy. It's like, oh, dude, you were doing so well. Yeah. Man, people who have been, fa- been famous for too long, it really I mean, does Mel Gi- rot your Exhibit brain. A, Mel Gibson. Yeah. The that, unhinged Mel Gibson. The unhinged Mel Gibson. Now I'm just imagining... Uh, Vigo in Lord of the Rings, like killing orcs with mm. his dong it out. It doesn't really make sense for me to be with <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> that's clothes? the director's director's cut. There's Hell like yeah. A picture that's gone around for a long time of him and Carl Urban buying a bunch of uh, like Gundam models. I've seen that picture. That I'm like obsessed with. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude. I have not seen that. Carl Urban? <laughs> yeah, they're just like holding handfuls of, yes, of the models. They look so excited. They're like in some game store in Japan. <laughs> it's like very early 2000s. Him and Vigo? Look it up. Look yeah. it up right now. It's like during the uh, <laughs> Lord of the Rings like press run. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking it up. Look it up right now. Carl Urban? Like Dread? The Carl Urban. Yeah, yeah he's, like, he's uh, Aomer. Fucking... It's like he's never even seen Oh him. my god. Yeah, that's fucking great. <laughs> that's phenomenal. Yeah. That's better than I expected. Oh, I had forgotten that Vigo is wearing a cowboy hat. He's wearing a cowboy hat with a <laughs> oh, peace yeah, yeah, yeah. symbol on it. They're both like dripping. He's wearing a cowboy hat with a peace symbol on it. Oh my god, this is amazing. And he Carl Urban's wearing a wearing a armband with peace symbols on it. Wow. These are like hand painted peace symbols cool. too. Hard for me to believe either. They're of them both are bad dudes. They're both also <laughs> wearing. Like they're both also wearing white t shirts with uh, dark blazers and jeans. I we couldn't pull those looks yeah. off. No, to not, save our lives. No, 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 no. These men fuck. <laughs> and then there's a bunch of press photos of them together. Like, yeah, that. I'm pretty, gonna go as far friendship. as to say that I think that they're both. Really different great angle. people and my personal friends. <laughs> and I'll defend whatever they say. I'll defend their honor. <laughs> I'll defend whatever they say. <laughs> yeah, sure. Come sure. at me. Yeah, cool. The Vigo cool, cool. Defender yep. has logged on. The I, White Knight. I think that's... You know what, man? Anyone can die on whatever hill they want to die on. And uh, I might also die on Vigo Hill. You're going to bat for Vigo? I'm going to Carl leave. Urban, I'm holding... I don't know. I don't know about Carl Urban. I mean, if you make a Hidalgo, sitting, that's a free pass. That's... <laughs> I saw it all go in theaters. I, I loved it. I think it's my most watched plane movie. I reason, hooked on airplane Hidalgo. I hated that movie as oh, a yeah? kid. Hated that movie as a kid. Someone bought it for me as a gift and I watched it and I was like, this was a terrible gift. Yeah, that was not one of mine. I'm reserving my hill. I've got I've got crazier. <laughs> You've got too many hills. To I've die got on crazier already. hills to die. Yeah. On. I've got past episodes to defend. Listen to any of our past episodes. You'll yeah. find bunch of bunch of hills. I ain't throwing my weight behind Vico. I got to throw my weight behind bigger bigger fish. Apparently, like goddamn, we got to watch more Von Trier, right? Your guy Von Trier, <laughs> my boy, my fucking boy. I do want to do Breaking the Waves. I think, we will. Though. We will. Yeah, it's three hours long though. Maybe maybe two episodes, <laughs> maybe two half hour or two hour and a half episodes. Yeah, we'll figure that out. We'll figure that out. Either way, we are we are watching uh, Crash, Crash, as Christian mentioned, uh, <laughs> for for our next uh, Town of Cronenberg series episode. Yeah, making but, a little pit stop. But of course, we, we we will break it up with with something else, uh, so that you're not getting too much of the Cronenberg. Yeah, we don't want to overdo it for you. Yeah, we'll uh, we don't know exactly what it's going to follow up yet. We got some stuff in the works, so. Whatever you see coming out. Whatever you see, that's what you'll get. That's what you get. That's what you get. Right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like excited that. for y'all to get. watch it. I feel like another perk of being a Cronenberg fan is that you get the secondary experiencing <laughs> other people watching the stuff for the You're first like, what time. What the fuck? I'm super... I'm, I, yeah, I don't want to ask any questions. No, I just want to go t- in as I'm, I'm as resisting possible. the urge to ask so many questions. Yeah, but I'm, I am very curious, like, with his body horror past what Crash is going to be it's gonna be it's gonna be nasty i'm, I'm just curious in That's a good it. in a good way i, I don't know how, i don't think how it's how gonna sexy be what we expect we all think it's gonna be it's it, okay. I, it, I also think it might just be like a skin flick like just it, people that fucking might also be true for a really long time so I mean, we'll we see. did we did recently watch uh let my puppets come which we'll probably end up talking about here pretty soon. Well, you might you might hear an episode. You might be here i think i told that. christian this before you got here but like i feel like all of uh all of the Cronenberg movies are pretty like sexual, and Crash is the one that's like horny. <laughs> oh. 
it wants it wants to make you horny. What a what a let's 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 end on that. Yeah, we, I think that's pretty good. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, yeah, no, it was fun. <laughs> what a line to go out on, my boy. Love what, the thing. Just want to make us horny. I love the fly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so are, are you looking forward to your October rewatch coming up? Yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, I feel like I got something new watching it again this time. So yeah, hell yeah, it's always nice to revisit. Yeah, I agree. I'll probably end up watching it again this year. I, I fucking love Cronenberg, man. It's it's really nice doing this. What, okay, let's let's end on truly end on this. What, what would you rate it out of five? Oh, this is a five. Would you give me. it as five? Yeah, this is a yeah, five. For five for yeah. me. That's how I Wait, have out it. Of yeah. Yeah, out of five? Yeah, out of five. Wait, out of five? I need to go higher. It's more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, on IMDb, it's a ten. On Letterboxd, it's a five. It's it's hard because I do, I think I I don't know if I say there's there's anything wrong with this movie. There's there's no flaws in it. So I I think I might have to give it a five as well, which I don't know if I've ever done, but. This is the first five of the pod. I know. I mean, I think I might have to agree with you because there's just nothing wrong with it. We haven't given a single other movie a five on this thing. But yeah. we also started rating well into us doing this. So I like to think that my enthusiasm rubs off on people. I, I think it does, honestly. Like, the way that you talk about The Fly uh, makes me like it more. Like, like I, I think really you make really good points. That there is, like, a lot. That, like, beyond, there's so I mean, much, like, yeah. The, all the effects are there and they like hook you but there's like there's a lot there I think yeah totally it's good shit well, check safe, it out it's safe to say yeah obviously if we, you haven't if we, you somehow haven't seen The Fly see The Fly at this fucking point you should have already seen it because we just gave it all away yeah. but it's still worth fucking watching it's, you don't, it, it's worth seeing that inside out baboon let if me you haven't that. seen it it's you, you haven't seen it well I think it's also safe to say that Charlie you are welcome yeah back doesn't yeah. have to be Cronenberg. You can we we've been doing like hard. We can do hard dramas. Yeah, we do, we recently revisited not revisited. We recently watched uh, one of our non schlocky, non gory films, and uh, while it was pretty tough, a tender, disturbing drama. Uh, we're open to we're open to anything. Well, I mean, so I can watch that stuff too. I just don't know how much I'm going to have to offer. <laughs> <laughs> That's welcome to our uh, how we our do dilemma. every podcast. We don't know what we're talking about our either. Fucking dilemma. Yeah, we wa- Okay, so the blackout experiments. So that yeah, was, let's bring that that's up again. a perfect example. We can't stop talking about it. It's a perfect example of we got we sat down after watching it and we're just like, what the fuck are we going to talk about? That movie was dog shit. Then we dogged on it for 30 minutes. Then we dogged on it It's for a good episode, minutes. I think. It worked out. <laughs> it all worked out. I mean, I like reading those kinds of reviews. Yeah. So. They're like, this sucks. It's terrible. It, yeah. it is. While it's not fun in the moment while we're watching those movies, it is fun to talk shit about them to yeah. each other afterwards. Yeah. So, so even if we watch a movie that sucks. We'll have a good time talking about yeah, it. I've told people this before too, but I sometimes I like seeing a movie that I like hate because sometimes I just feel like a fucking idiot that loves everything, like some weird dumb puppy. When and you when finally I'm like, see oh, something, okay, yeah. I do have some kind of like taste. Like this sucks. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah that's nice. fair. I'm not just like a smiling idiot. <laughs> I do know that feeling where you're like, this this feels nice to hate something because I know that it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like just objectively, like okay, we're all in agreement here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My film degree does matter now. It does. It <laughs> I nice didn't waste like, away. It feels nice to stake your claim and uh, not like something that other people like too. Like true. Pick a couple things. I'm such a follower. It's a hard. Contrarian. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm such a follower. On that note, are we going to end? Yeah, this is our third ending. I know we L- did it. Like Lord of the Rings, Return. <laughs> like of the Lord King. of the Rings, Return oh, of the King, back. bringing it all back to starring Vigo, <laughs> wearing pants. We are the Cellar Drillers. Thank you, Charlie. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. What up, you freaks? It's Christian, better known as Seaman. If you like what you hear and want to dig deeper, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Dwellers Podcast, Instagram at Cellar Dwellers Podcast, Letterboxd at Cellar Dwellers, and of course, our email, CellarDwellersPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you freaks want to hear more of. The goo, the gore, the milk? Let us know. Come dwell, there's plenty of room in the cellar. <laughs>